Hear the word of the Lord as it comes to you from Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And in its place remembers no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly host, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. This is the word of God. Thank you. Well, as I mentioned a moment ago, my name is Adam and I have the privilege to serve as the lead pastor here and it's good to see you all again. I've been away for the, the last couple of weeks. My wife Molly and I took out two small children. We loaded up our little pop-top caravan and we enjoyed a, a relaxing break at the beach. And we had a, a great time. We ate too much, at least I did. Uh, we swam lots, we spent time with family, with our kids, we just made lots of really, really wonderful memories. In fact, there was a few moments on the, the trip where I stepped back and I, I looked around me, I looked at the scenery, I looked at my wife and my kids and I thought to myself, I don't want to forget this. I want to remember this moment. 
Now, to be honest with you, to be completely honest, there were some moments on the trip that I would like to forget. <laughs> like when my son Knox got gastro for a couple of days, vomiting in caravans, not a good mix. I wonder if you've ever had a similar experience, not vomiting in a caravan, I hope you never have to experience that, but a moment so special, so profound, so beautiful that you thought to yourself, I don't want to forget this. I want to remember this moment. It might have been on a holiday, it might have been a meal or a party, it might have just been an ordinary moment in an ordinary day. Whatever it is, we often have those moments where we think, I want to remember this. Now, the truth is, the Bible has lots to say about remembering and forgetting. The Bible repeatedly tells us that God remembers our sins no more. The Bible repeatedly warns us about the danger of forgetting God, forgetting all that he's done for us. In fact, that's what we read just a, a second ago in Psalm 103. Now, Psalm 103, this beautiful psalm, was written by King David. We explored the life of King David toward the end of last year. David, of course, wrote many of the Psalms that we find in the Bible, but this has got to be one of the most well-known and one of the most well-loved. And this is how David begins it. He says, praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Now notice who David is talking to in this verse. He's talking to himself. Praise the Lord, my soul. David is taking himself by the scruff of the neck and he is prodding himself and prompting himself, urging himself to praise God. Now let's just admit that we need to do this sometimes. That we don't always feel like praising God, singing, reading his word, praying. Sometimes we need to give ourselves a good talking to. And that's exactly what David is doing here. And I want you to notice, look at the motivation that he offers himself in verse two. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. David knows that if he is going to praise God as he should, if he is going to, to worship God with all of his inmost being, he must remember and not forget. Now this sounds pretty ordinary, doesn't it? But it's actually so, so important. You see, as we enter into this new year, the temptation, the danger that we all face, it is to forget God. Not forget who God is, as if we don't kind of remember his name and who he is, but rather to forget what God has done for us. To not appreciate it. To not give thanks for it. To not live our lives in light of it. In other words, to say that we believe in God, but then to live our lives as if he doesn't exist. Now, the scary reality is that this can happen so easily. I'm sure we've all had those times in our lives when we found ourselves just going through the motions when it comes to our faith. I'm sure we've all had those times when we might be coming to church on a Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, we'd admit that there's no intimacy with God. Not reading his word, we're not talking to him, we're not giving thanks to him. Maybe it's that we got so caught up in the busyness of life, busy at home, busy at work, maybe even busy serving at church. Maybe we got knocked down by the difficulties of life. We experienced 
cancer or, or unemployment or infertility. Maybe we just got lulled to sleep by the comforts of life. I mean, whatever it is, the danger we face is to forget God. To say that we believe in him, but then to live our lives as if he doesn't exist. And this is why Psalm 103 is so important. This is why Psalm 103 is a perfect psalm to reflect on at the start of the new year. Because in the words of David, it helps us to remember God and to not forget his benefits. And this is why I'd like to spend just a couple of moments reflecting on this psalm this morning. And there really is so much that we could pull out of this psalm. It's one of, many people consider it, one of the greatest psalms in the Bible. Charles Spurgeon called it a Bible within itself. He said there is too much in it for a thousand pens to write. So there's so much that we could pull out of this psalm, but I just want to pull out two truths from this psalm to help us remember in 2020, to help us not forget God and all of his benefits, to live a life of praise to God. The first thing I want to point out, if you're taking notes, is this. We need to remember God's goodness. Remember God's goodness. If we are going to praise God as we should in 2020, we need to remember his goodness to us. Now, in case you've forgotten God's goodness to you, and maybe you have, maybe at the start of this year, you're a little bit fuzzy and a little bit apathetic in your relationship with God. In case you've forgotten, God, David reminds us of God's goodness in verses 3 to 12. He actually lists five benefits of belonging to God, five realities that show us the goodness of God. And the first and greatest, according to David, is that God forgives all your sins. God forgives all your sins. Now, there's a, a small word in this short verse that changes everything for us. It's the word all. Forgives all your sins. Not just some of them, not just a certain type of them, not just the ones from the past, but all of them. Past, present, and future. In fact, David goes on to say in verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, how far is the east from the west? Well, the answer, it's infinite. It's immeasurable. The east and the west never meet. And so David is saying, God, when he forgives our sins, he forgives them so completely that they're gone forever. They never meet us again. They never come back to haunt us. This is a statement of complete and total forgiveness. And this is the repeated and consistent teaching of the Bible. For example, God says in Isaiah 43 verse 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remember your sins no more. In the New Testament, we read in Romans 8, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, because of Jesus' sin-bearing death on the cross, we bear our sins no more. And this is an amazing, life-changing, world-transforming truth. And it's a truth that we need to be reminded of again and again and again. In fact, I'm guessing that some of us have walked into church this morning a little bit banged up. 
a little bit discouraged by our failure. The new year is only three weeks old, but we've already fallen into some old habits and some old patterns. And we need to be reminded that we don't need to run away from God to clean ourselves up. We need to run to the God who forgives all our sins. So what would it look like in your life for you to remember this benefit? For you to step into each day certain that you have the forgiveness of sins from a gracious and good God. I think if you were to remember this benefit each and every day, it would stir up in you a deeper love for God, a deeper desire to obey God, and the ability to forgive others more quickly. And so maybe as part of your morning routine or your morning prayer, when you get up, before you grab your phone, before you grab anything else, you need to give thanks to God for this gift of forgiveness. You need to say to him, thank you, God, that you are the God who forgives all my sins, and then you need to step into your day and live as if it's true, because in Christ it is. And so this is the first and the greatest benefit that David lists, that God forgives all your sins. But he goes on and he says he also heals all your diseases. Now, if we're honest, this verse makes us a little bit nervous because the fact is God doesn't always heal our diseases. Sometimes we pray and we plead and God says no. So how do we understand this promise of Psalm 103? Well, we should firstly acknowledge that God still heals today. Sometimes it's through a miracle, sometimes it's through medicine. This is why the Bible encourages us. When we're in need of healing, we should pray and ask God. When we receive healing, we should give thanks to God. And when there is no healing, we should trust God. And we should remember that any healing in this life is ultimately temporary. And that there is something far greater than physical healing. a spiritual healing, a restored relationship with God. And we should remember that there is a day coming when we will be healed, finally, fully and forever. When Jesus returns and brings his kingdom in all of its fullness, we read in Revelation 21, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away we will be totally, fully, finally healed because God is the God who heals all our diseases. And this truth can be a light when life gets dark. So what difference would it make in your life to remember and to not forget this benefit that God is our God who heals all our diseases? He may or may not heal in this life, but he most certainly will in the next. And so David is telling us God is the God who heals all your, all your diseases. He forgives all your sins, but he also, David says, redeems your life from the pit. Now we kind of use the word pit to refer to something bad that happens. When we're having a bad day or something tough happens, we say, man, that was the pits or, or I'm in the pits. But here the word pit literally refers to the grave, to death. And the word redeem means to rescue or to reclaim. David is telling us that God literally rescues us from the grave, from death itself. 
If we're trusting in God, he's saying the grave is not the end. And you know, one man who, who understood this truth so well was the Apostle Paul. When he was in prison one time and facing likely execution and likely death, he wrote this to the church in Philippi. He said, for me to live is Christ, to know Christ, to love Christ, to obey Christ, and to die is what? Gain. Why? Because it's more of Christ. See, Paul understood that God has redeemed our life from the pit. Another man who understood this was this man, John Patton. Now, in 1858, John and his wife decided to become missionaries. They decided to go to the South Pacific Islands, but there was an elder in their church who did not agree with the decision. And he said to the the couple, he said, you will be eaten by cannibals. It's encouraging. To which John Patton responded, and this is amazing. Mr. Dixon, you are advanced in years now. It's a respectful way of saying you're getting old. And your own prospect, listen to this, is soon to be laid in the grave, there to be eaten by worms. I confess to you that if I can but live and die serving and honouring the Lord Jesus, it will make no difference to me whether I am eaten by cannibals or by worms. And in the great day, my resurrection body will arise as fair as yours in the likeness of our risen Redeemer. Wow. Now, what would it look like in your life for you to remember and to not forget this benefit, that God has redeemed your life from the pit, that the grave is not the end, that death does not have the final say? I'm certain it would fill you with bold, risk-taking confidence and trust in God. God forgives all our sins, heals all our diseases, redeems our life from the pit, but David is still not finished. He goes on and he says he also crowns you with love and compassion. Now Molly and I are watching the crown at the moment. I don't know if anyone else is, but there are some beautiful crowns in this show. Gold and diamonds and all kinds of things. But that's not what God crowns us with. He crowns us with something far greater. His love and his compassion. And there is nothing greater in the universe He makes us his royal sons and daughters. Do you grasp the depth, the height of God's love for you? Look at what David says, verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Now how high are the heavens above the earth? How far can you go into outer space? Truth is, there is really no end. I mean, the furthest we've ever gone was in 1970. Apollo 13 made it 400,171 kilometers from Earth, but we have not gone further since. And that's barely scratching the surface because this universe is beyond our reach in the same way that the love of God has no end. I love the way that Sally Lloyd-Jones, who has written a brilliant children's Bible called the Jesus Storybook Bible, I love the way she puts it. She says, God won't ever stop loving his children with a wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. So let me ask you, what would it look like in your life for you to remember and to not forget the depth of God's love for you? that it's unbreaking, unending, always and forever. Surely, 
it would fill you with inner peace and confidence. Surely it would lead to a life of humility and love for others. God forgives all our disease, forgives all our sins, heals all our diseases, redeems our life from the pit, crowns us with love and compassion, and still David's not finished. He says in verse five, he also satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. In other words, it's not only that God rescues you at the end of your life, he also gives you good things during your life. Now, if we were to list the good things that we enjoy in our lives, we would be here for a long time. The air we breathe, the trees outside, the homes we live in, the beds we sleep in, the relationships we have the books we read, the music we listen to. I mean, I could keep on going. Now, of course, the truth is we won't always get every good thing that we want. In fact, there's lots of good things that we won't get. And the good things that we do, they won't always be simple or easy. But the fact is, we need to remember what James wrote, the brother of Jesus. Every good and perfect gift is from above. The Father of lights. And so David, like waves onto the beach, is just reminding us of the goodness of God. He forgives our sins, he heals our diseases, he redeems us from the grave, he crowns us with his love, and he satisfies us with good things. Now how would your day-to-day life change if you were to choose to remember the goodness of God? What are some ways that you can do that in your life this year? What are some rhythms that you can build into your life to drown out the other voices of of, of social media and and, and the news and to amp up the voice of God's goodness to you? Maybe it is simply a prayer of thanksgiving in the morning before you pick up your phone, before you get out of bed. Maybe it's building a, a consistent Bible reading habit into your life. Maybe it's keeping a journal of what God is doing in your life so you can look back and give thanks. Maybe... It's printing out Psalm 103 and sticking it on your bathroom mirror so you can be reminded of God's goodness to you. Whatever it is, if we are going to praise God as we should this year, through the ups, through the downs, through the difficulties, through the joys, then we need to remember his goodness to us. But there's one more thing that David wants us to remember. See, he wants us to remember God's goodness, but the second and final point, and don't worry, it's a lot, lot shorter than the first. He also wants us to remember our limitations. See, at the start of the year, we, kind of, we do start out feeling a little bit invincible. I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to change this. And, and that's good. But we also need to be reminded of how fragile and how fleeting we are. This is especially true in a day and an age which kind of minimizes God and maximizes mankind that says we should have whatever we want, we should do whatever we want to do, we should go wherever we want to go. We don't like the idea that we have limitations, but we do. And this is why David reminds us in verses 13 to 16, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. Now it's a powerful image, isn't it? We're like flowers, we flourish for a little while, we brim, we we dazzle with delight, but then the seasons change, the winds blow and we wither and we're gone. 
And David says there that we're, we're actually remembered no more. Now, I wonder if you could name the names of your great-grandparents. Some of you might, but I'm guessing that many of us are not able to. The fact is, we are fleeting, and it's good for us to know this. It helps us to get our priorities right, and it moves us to place our trust in God. You see, Psalm 90 says it this way, so teach us to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. You know, this week, I went to the funeral of Glenn Morrison. Glenn is the son of Bevan and Carol Morrison, who have been part of our church family for many years. Glenn was 48 years old, a husband, a dad to two kids. And as I listened to the many different people talk about Glenn, I was moved deeply. I was moved to think about my own kids. I was moved to number my own days and to remember that life is fleeting. And we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what this year has in store. And we need to trust God through it all. And the good news of Psalm 103 is that though our life is fleeting, the love of God for us is eternal. David goes on in verse 17, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. There were moments in my holiday when I looked at my wife, I looked at my kids, I looked at the scenery and I thought, I don't want to forget this. I want to remember this moment. And as we look at Psalm 103 this morning, it's my hope and it's my prayer that as we take in the goodness of God to us, the depth of his love for you, not, not the person sitting next to you, but you, it's my prayer that you would say in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, I don't want to forget this. I want to remember this. So that as you go through 2020, you along with David can say, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we cannot do anything else but give you thanks for your abundant goodness to us. And Lord, we may have walked in here this morning feeling a little banged up, with some doubts, with some questions, with some pain. And Lord, we want to remember the depth of your love for us and your goodness to us. As far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed our sins from us. And as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high is your love for those who fear you. So Lord, help us not to forget those glorious truths this year. Help us to remember them so we might give you the praise that you deserve. Oh Lord, help us to be a people and a church that remembers and does not forget. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, would you stand for this blessing from the, the Word of God from Jude?